I am Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. My guest today was nominated for an Academy Award for writing Ratatouille, won an Annie Award for the follow-up short, Your Friend the Rat, and was the animation sequence director on one of my favorites, Mary Poppins Returns. His new movie, The Inventor, is in theaters September 15th. It is a wonderful animated film. Jim Capobianco, welcome to the LCJ Q&A. Thanks, Jackson. I'm happy to be here. Big fan. I love, oh, I love everything that your movie says and does. Congratulations on oh, it. Thanks, man. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you. Uh, there's so much there. And I love that the characters are with you. That's amazing. <laughs> they are. Yep. Wow. I love that. It's about Leonardo da Vinci. And there's so many aspects, the comedy, the animation, the layers to the story. But what I first want to ask you is the fact that as I was watching this movie, I could just tell how much you love animation, storytelling, and the cinematic experience. What thrills you about all three of those things? Oh, man. Well, to me, animation is the ultimate art form because it combines all most arts, <laughs> right? Drawing, especially in stop motion, you have sculpture and, and the mechanics of, uh, you know, building these great puppets and uh, and then you and the filmmaking techniques, music, dance, and even in the movement. Um, so to me, that's what I love about animation. And it, it gives you the palette or the landscape to, uh, you know, put in a cinematic feel to it. Uh, you know, and, and for me, I, I grew up on 2D animation. Obviously, I went into animation to do to draw 2D and, 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 and to tell those types of stories. CG animation comes in while I'm at school like it just starts popping in so that was like okay there's this other form no it's not going to take over and eventually it does and <laughs> um but i was storyboarding at that time so i just transitioned to keep boarding and then luckily like you mentioned some of the films i've done i've been able to keep doing what i've loved stop uh, story uh 2d animation and um now eventually stop motion now i never thought i would do a stop motion film but uh i just loved it and um and so, yeah, I mean, I just adore all this movie making and, and these aspects. There are so many layers to the movie in terms of the story. And I feel like in doing the research about Leonardo da Vinci, did you kind of feel the emotions and the weight and the wow factor that we get out of many sequences in The Inventor? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to capture like an idea of Leonardo. So one thing I really wanted to do is bring him down to a human level so that we could connect to him as a character that way. I think if he's just depicted as a genius or like, you know, the wise sage or the wacky wizard, it's harder to connect to that character. And I think I really, because he's the lead, I really needed to make him approachable to everyone and bring that humanity in but of course if it's about leonardo da vinci you want to tap into the inventions and the scope of his mind so then it's like finding out ways to bring that in and for him to to you know present them in a sense that's like amazing but also um but and still keeps that humanity in there like the challenges he would have making them or the effect they would have on people and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it was all tied into the research of him and then like bringing that to life in, in a way that's caricatured in animation, but also also has a grounding in a reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
you know, that's, that was the approach. It's so neat and cool. There are sequences involving the senses. That's just (laughs) so, so good. So fascinating. And Da Vinci wants to be remembered for more than just being an artist. Right. And how in working with Stephen Fry, who's one of the most brilliant comic dramatic actors and television award show hosts of all time. In <laughs> work, yeah, the Baptist. I love what he's hosting the Baptist. In working with him on this voice performance, how did both of you want to convey Da Vinci as a guy yearning to be appreciated for more? Yeah. Well, I think as artists, we're all like, pushing for that all the time, right? We want to be appreciated. I mean, as people, we want to be appreciated, right? So I think, you know, definitely Stephen tapped into that idea of the humanity of the Leonardo character. And, you know, and I think to me, casting uh, casting Stephen was uh, perfect because he is a polymath. He's interested in so many different things. He does so many different things. You know, he also is hosting the British Jeopardy now. So (laughs) um, he is so smart and it comes out in his voice. I mean, you hear his intelligence in his voice and that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody with wit and humor, intelligence and, and didn't have this like deep Ian McKellen type voice or Gandalf or like what you might think with a guy with a beard would have. So I really wanted him to have this lighter voice and, and, and humor in his voice. So Stephen was the perfect perfect cast, you know, perfect person I could think of for that. And his, you know, view of life and stuff and, and everything is just, it was the same like as Leo. So I actually saw an interview with him where he was talking about religion and he was talking about his sexuality and he was talking about all these different things. And I was like, he kept switching between all these topics. And I was like, oh my God, he sounds like Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> like if you were interviewing him. So, you know, it was perfect. And then Daisy really is Marguerite. It was like just a great person to work with as well. She had a great voice as well and, and, and um, power in her voice, you know, and, and the fact that she, she actually sings and she can beautiful yeah. voice. The songs are so nice. Oh, the songs are, are so good at this. And also now when Stephen Fry hosts Jeopardy and he has to do answers and questions about Da Vinci, he will have added context. <laughs> he will know. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he gives a wink to the inventor. That would be great. That's right. The comedy in this, the timing of the comedy is so smart how do you know? And Ratatouille, same thing. The the timing of the comedy, Mister, just brilliant. How do you know when to incorporate comedy, like the Grave Diggers, which are so great at this? How do you know when it feels right to incorporate comedy? Well, I don't know. I guess it's just instinctual. I just sort. I don't know. I'm not like going. Okay, every five minutes, I have to have a joke or anything like that. To me, it's really coming out of the characters. It's like, well, what you know, from the situation is kind of odd and funny about it. So I would sort of instill it in that. I would pitch the story as like Monty Python meets Amadeus. And uh, so like, you know, the Holy Grail meets Amadeus. And so that's kind of how I looked at the film. I love Monty Python. So I'd always look for whatever the, like a zany way to like get into some kind of characterization. You know, so the Gravediggers is a, a nice example. Originally they were written to be two dudes and uh just talking philosophizing about life and then in casting it i cast my friend john gilkey who's a clown he was a clown for cirque du soleil an improvisation artist now and his wife jane who does some voice work and is funny too and they jane was like well what can i do and i'm like well i don't know maybe i can turn the gravediggers into this couple (laughs) 
who this is their job. <laughs> and then it made it more poignant. And then they, they introduced, they improv this idea that they do a little dance and all that stuff. So oh, that, that's I would just capture like, you know, I think as a director, you have to be open to other people's inputs into the film and then be willing to accept them and, and these gifts and to incorporate them into the, the storytelling. So a lot of that came from working with John and Jane, and then also with Max Baumgart and, and um, Natalie Palmaides. They were also improv artists and they they did Netvu and Il Bocador, the architect and engineer, and um, also brought a lot of humor from their acting to that. Nice. Jim Capo Bianco is with me here now, the writer and director of The Inventor. It's in theaters September 15th. A lot of this movie is about collaborating with others, sharing ideas, passions, allowing someone to get and understand you. That's Margaret with Da Vinci. She gets what he wants to do. And kind of bouncing off what you were saying about your thoughts and working with others, doesn't it feel good when somebody gets you and understands you and <laughs> understands your vision? Of course. Yes, yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's the only, like, to make this film, it's the only way you have to communicate well to the team. And hopefully, uh, and especially this, we had a lot of language. I mean, everybody spoke English or, you know, at certain levels of, of comp, uh, capacity, but you still have a gap there of like different cultures. So we had to figure out a way to communicate. And at least we're all artists. So we were able to communicate on that level. Uh, you know, my, my co-director, Pierre-Luc Anjon, uh, I looked at his films to inspire me for this movie and then I met him and he became my co-director so which I never thought would happen by using his films as a like inspiration point it'd be as if I used Kubrick as an inspiration point and then somebody said hey he could be your co-director I'd be like what so, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then we had because I liked his movies we had this great bond because we had the same sensibility so it's you know, uh, that understanding of each other. And also, I think, again, as a director, allowing people in to the space and not being like protective of it and knowing everything. I mean, I never had done stop motion before, so I needed a team around me who understood the process in order. And I needed to be humble about it and, and uh, you know, facing about the idea that I don't know everything. I need you guys to tell me what to do and what where the difficulties lie and to tell me oh that's going to be way too difficult to do with our budget and time can you simplify it a little bit can you rethink it and to recognize that and be cognizant of that and respectful of that you know that that's I'm, important i'm sure then a lot of planning went into the stop motion went into the hand drawn and the beautiful way you marry the two in certain sequences which i'm sure could not have been easy yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, so much planning went into everything. I think stop motion in general, you have to do a ton of planning because you need to know how these characters will move to build the armatures. But yeah, and the 2D as well. I mean, one thing I think really we benefited from, we did everything at one location. We did it at Folioscope Studios in the uh, Valence region of France. We uh, had every, you know, like 2D and stop motion in the same space so we could all communicate together and they could, um, this 2D team could be brought on set to go, okay, here's where the stop motion will be for you to connect to. They can actually go, oh, well, if we move the camera a little bit, what if we were out farther, you know? 
they could then say, this will be easier for us if you position it this way. Hmm. And that way we can work together as a team. And I think if we had to do it remotely, it would have been a lot dif more difficult. So it made it more economical, more got it on time and budget. And, and it was much more enjoyable to everybody that way. A couple things you have in common with Tom Hanks. One of them is, of course, you have both worked for Pixar. And yes. the second thing, the second thing is that you can look at the Mona Lisa in interesting ways. So through all his Da Vinci Code and all that over there. Oh, years. right. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> so when you look at the Mona Lisa now, after your experience on this movie and you use it in the movie, there it is in, in, in funny scenes. What does it make you feel? I mean, yeah. What what does the Mona Lisa give you now when you look at it? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's interesting. I always think of it as it's a painting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even after all this, it's just still a painting, an amazing yeah, painting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. In the movie, it became a sort of cipher for um, what Leonardo had not completed yet or he felt he hadn't completed, and it's a projection into... There's a, you know, a bit of a thing that's going on where Mona Lisa is connected to Marguerite and the different um, kind of women in the film. There's actually poses in the stop motion where they actually hit the Mona Lisa pose and uh, within it. So we're sort of putting this kind of projection of her throughout the movie. Um, but as far as, yeah, my view on the painting, you know, I've seen it only once, like for real, and it's tiny, <laughs> tinier than you think. Yeah, I don't know. It's mysterious. It has a mystery to it and all that. But, you know, we did our version of it in the film is actually more accurate to the original Mona Lisa in the sense that we had it painted. So it was done, repainted. Um, wow. uh, and it was the colors. We brought the colors up from what it is now because it's very faded and old now. And so we look, there's some contemporaries of Leonardo who did a, like a copy, uh, a master copy. And so those have stood the test of time better. Um, and their coloring, they believe, is closer to the original Mona Lisa. So we use those as a guide. The details in this entire film are amazing. What you have to say about time is really powerful. And I think and hope you will be back in the award circle for this because you deserve <laughs> to be. I hope Thank people see this. Oh, you're so welcome. The Inventor, it's in theater September 15th. For animation fans and storytelling fans, go see it. Jim Capobianco, thank yeah. you for making this film and for being here today on the LCJ Q&A. Thanks, Jackson. It was really fun. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm Lakes Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, lakes-camera-jackson.com, and animationscoop.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the LCJ Q&A.